We're in the studio with Captain Lucky Kinsella, commanding officer at Naval Air Station here in Pensacola, Florida. He joins Dean Rick Fountain to talk about leadership, crisis management, and really the traits of great leaders. Lucky was raised in Dublin, Ireland, and he enlisted in the United States Navy in 1989. He has had a long and successful career in different positions within the Navy. So take a listen, be spellbound as I was listening to Lucky, and really take some notes. This is a time to listen, learn, and apply what Lucky has to say. Enjoy the podcast. I have to say this, Captain, is that we talked about my love, which is hospitality industry. And I so didn't expect you to say that you literally grew up Mm. in a little, was it a hotel? What did you call Mm. it? It was a hotel and a pub. It was a hotel, a pub, and a restaurant. A restaurant. Yeah, because I was going to say, if you say coffee shop, that would be like my ultimate goal. That's what I'm going to do when I retire. Which is great because we could talk about stories forever on that. But literally, you grew up, mm-hmm. mom, dad were there. Mm-hmm. And tell me how, if you can share, mm-hmm. unless you've been in the business, you just don't understand how the people that get it get it mm-hmm. and how we relate that now. I hear to the military and then, of course, corporate world being in the industry. We do things differently. We relate on a different Mm -hmm. basis. So I'm really interested to know how you took that growing up Mm -hmm. and that learning. And how do you apply that now? Yeah. When I was younger, when I was very young, we owned a pub on the street my dad grew up in in Dublin, in a place called Clontarf in Dublin, Mm -hmm. on the north side. And then when I was eight years old, nine years old, then he bought this little hotel and it was Mm -hmm. an old, you seen Downton Abbey? Mm, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so this hotel that he bought is in a little town called Newbridge, about 30 miles to the west of Dublin, on the main road, the Dublin to Galway Road. And this hotel was right out of Downton Abbey. It was, the kitchen was downstairs um, in the basement, the big flagstones, the wooden mm-hmm. counters, the big hearth. Yeah. There's still the copper pots and pans were hanging from the, the hooks. It was right out of Edwardian England. I mean, it was it was amazing. Hmm. There was I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah, here. that's okay. I, I, I love it. For hours, but it was a, a garrison town for the British when the British were in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So during World War One, there was a prisoner war camp very close to it, mm-hmm. and so the German officers they would have parole to leave the prisoner war camp, and mm-hmm. they would come into town and they would have their meals at the hotel. Yeah. In World War Two, it became an, an, an Irish army camp. And then they had a prisoner war camp there also. Mm-hmm. And that was for Americans, British, Germans, for because Ireland was a neutral country. Okay. And the officers would get parole and then they would use the little hotel as there. Mm-hmm. So up in the attic, up in the basement, I, I found a, <laughs> an old German belt buckle, there was a British officer's cap, and there's all these writings on the ceiling where guys in candle had carved and put their put the smoke from the candle, yeah. you know, put their names in it. There's so much history in this. Oh, it was amazing. They, my dad redid it. So me being a young kid, going there, it was such an adventure. The, the fireplaces with the, every room oh, had its own fireplace. Yeah. And these beautiful marble fireplaces. And it was haunted as, yeah. I mean, I had first-hand stories that would make the hairs in the back here next yeah. time. But I'll tell you, what, what did I learn from that? Once I became, when I was 11 years old, my folks sent me to boarding school in Dublin. Oh. 
and it was a uh, very old boarding school called the King's Hospital, mm-hmm. founded in 1669 by King Charles II. So very almost wow. like Hogwarts. Very, yeah. uh, so so those two things. <laughs> growing up in uh, the only thing we were missing was Dumbledore. Growing up in the pub and hotel business and in a boarding school mm-hmm. prepared me in ways for life and for the military and for leadership mm-hmm. that I never would have expected. And I didn't realize, it's only recently that I've realized mm-hmm. that there are certain traits and certain things that I've done my whole career that I really got from there. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the hospitality business, as a customer, first impressions are everything. Mm-hmm. If you, not to be vulgar, but if, if you go into a dirty bathroom mm-hmm. and it's a restaurant, get the hell out of there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah. In the pub, if you're at the floor is sticky, if the, the glasses have stains on them, that's your first thing. I mean, get out of there. Yeah, it's filthy. Right. So if they're not doing that right, yeah. what else are they not doing right? Correct. What is the food going to look like? Right. 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 So first impressions are so mm-hmm. important when you go in. All the, if there's a light bulb out, get it fixed. Yeah. Because somebody's going to notice that and they're going to think, well, what else are they missing? Right. So that attention to detail, well, guess what? First thing you learn in boot camp is attention mm-hmm. to detail. Mm-hmm. Those inspections that you do, I learned very quickly. Make sure the floor looks good and make sure there's no dust on the vertical mm-hmm. surfaces. That's the first thing they look at, mm-hmm. and if it looks good at first, looks then they're not going to delve in, right? right? <laughs> Just giving something away there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's um, and then the other thing was the relationships, the human relationships. Yeah. The hospitality business. I mean, the word hospitality. It's about people. Yeah. It's about making other people feel comfortable at home. Yeah. It's about making them feel welcome, mm-hmm. so they can relax and they can be themselves. And leadership has a lot. In common with that, yeah. because you want your people to want to be there. Mm-hmm. You want to get a hundred percent of effort out of a hundred percent of the people, mm-hmm. which in itself we could go down that road. Another thing that, that leads to diversity, that leads to mm-hmm. difference of thought, difference of opinion, and how do you, as a leader, make all those people feel like they're part of the organization? If you have somebody, a guest coming to a hotel for the first time, you want them to feel like they're as comfortable there as they are in their own home. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's working for you in your organization, you want them to want to come to work every day, mm-hmm. that they can fulfill their full potential there, mm-hmm. that they don't feel like they're they're held back because of whatever adversarial norms might be there in, in, in your organization. Mm-hmm. So that selfless part of hospitality mm-hmm. is so close to what I believe leadership is, yeah. is, is about. And I have to say that part of, and I can talk about this just coming from GHTM program, Part of it is getting students out into the industry and actually doing hands-on. So I would say that any type of hands-on, because we do live here, which is the mecca of tourism, any type of hospitality job under Mm -hmm. that umbrella, no matter what students do, can only help. Mm-hmm. a little bit later mm-hmm. and it's funny when you were saying about pleasing people that's a double-edged sword yeah. and I find myself that way too yeah. is too much on my plate because I keep on saying yes 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 yeah. and as a leader you need to figure out how to slice that up it's a balance it is a balance, it's a balance. and it's a hard balance Rick is being so quiet over there I, I, I don't I'm, know I am spellbound I know it's wonderful to be in the presence of greatness and great leaders. Mm-hmm. 
and we've had some. Who else is? Who else is? This is certainly there's such a human aspect to this man, and he runs a business, Allie, in a lot of ways that take the military out of it. He has to balance his budget and do do things over there, make very similar decisions that we make running a campus. But he has an aspect where everyone under his command takes an oath to go into harm's way mm-hmm. upon order. So he has, and all the regiment of the military direct command and orders. It's different. But a couple of things you said, I didn't reflect as much on leadership, though I was asked to define it a lot during the process interviewing to be dean. said you can take back on your childhood, but Allie probably heard. You were on the selection committee, I think, now that I think back. Um, But I talked a lot about my mother. I had not reflected. My mother was in a catastrophic accident when I was 10 months old and for the first five years of my life, she was learning to walk and to talk, and to, mm-hmm. she was in a wheelchair for some of that. Mm-hmm. But I learned so much from her, and I remember trying to memorize the poem, If, was the first thing I had to really memorize in maybe eighth grade. I don't know if you've read your Kipling's poem, If. Yes, yes. And yeah. I think that goes to, if you can do those things, then you'll be a man. But I think it's, if you can do those things, then you're building the block to be a leader, and if you have that inherent. And so I was thinking of that, and I saw his, you mentioned love, which sometimes would be counterintuitive if you're thinking about the military. But I was over in England, down in college, and so I toured around, and I went through France, and I found a British cemetery. I believe it was Rudyard Kipling was there, buried there, had died in the war. His son, perhaps. His son, uh, maybe, but... uh, Jack. And uh, it said, no greater love hath Mm -hmm. any man. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I I kept thinking about that, listening to you. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine the the moment that you faced. You said before we started the interview that it was the toughest day of your life. Mm -hmm. And to do that and to have that presence, being a leader, to say, I've got to remain calm. I just Mm -hmm. have to kind of push back a moment. And you were talking then about when you were submarine hunting. It's amazing to me. We, we say this a lot. We've had football coaches, hospital mm-hmm. administrators, CPAs. I'm more convinced than ever there there are common traits. Absolutely. And I think they're inherent. I think Absolutely. you can learn to change a diaper, I guess. But some people, most just seem to be instinctive mm-hmm. when you have a baby. And I think you're right. I think it's instinctive. You know, your, your football analogy, I think, is very apt. Every football game is a crisis. Mm-hmm. Every, every, you look at some of those coaches on the sidelines, especially if they're close. But how many of the great coaches do yeah. you see over at the defensive coach with his finger in his chest when the game is going bad? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. He's letting mm-hmm. him do his job. The coach is there thinking about the big picture, mm-hmm. how he can interject. The goal of life is to be useful. Mm-hmm. How are you being useful? How are we being useful? And how am I as a leader being useful? Mm-hmm. The morning the shooting happened, the worst thing I could have done was to run to the scene mm-hmm. and try and interject myself in it because now everyone's worried about me mm-hmm. instead of letting the folks do their job. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, just that, that football part, I, I think, is very apt. How a great football coach, Vince Lombardi, he is, yeah, he'd get spun up. He would use his anger as, he would, he would never let his emotions take control of him. Anytime the, and, and all the great coaches, I think, are the same. They use anger as a tool. Mm-hmm not as a response to how they're feeling inside. I'm kind of joke around a little bit. Allie's gotten used to that, I think, <laughs> I hope. The guy in South Carolina that was just recently fired, mm-hmm. it's a kiss of death to lose to Ole Miss. And he lost to Ole Miss on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. He was fired, I think, on Sunday or Monday. But 
During that game, he went completely out of control, pointing his finger, stabbing assistants and players, and there he totally lost. And I think it was the pressure. Yeah, that is a crisis situation. That is. You and I talked about. I wrote this little history book about Pensacola High, yeah. and I'm proud that I was able to find that about not that they died, but Pensacola contributed 34 lives. Pensacola High School during World War II and World War One. And writing that, I talked about. People often analogize, well, I've been to war with, if I'm a guard, the tackle next to me or something. We like to make analogies. It's Mm -hmm. like going into combat. Mm -hmm. And I make the point that it's really not because it feels like life and death to the fans, but it's not. It's it's different. But the analogy is, I think I wanted to make then was that in football, trust. And you talked Mm -hmm. about trust, had to earn the trust. You have to trust that the guy next to you is going to do his job. That's what you're talking about, a leader. That is a lesson. That's why we say often folks that participate in team athletics learn those traits early on. I think that's a building block for leadership is that yeah. you learn to trust. Yeah. You learn to take orders. Yeah. And then as you evolve, you learn maybe to give. It was, um, um, Wellington is, is purported to have said that Waterloo was won on the public school playing fields, the rugby field. Mm-hmm. Which is a myth. He didn't really say that, but it's. But the point is, is there that that's where you you learn your first taste of real leadership is mm-hmm. on the playing field. Mm-hmm. But let me let me touch on something. We we touched briefly on balance, mm-hmm. and balance is something I think that we've lost somewhat in modern society. Mm-hmm. During the Enlightenment, all the great thinkers, mm-hmm. it was all about balance: the balance between theology and science, mm-hmm. the balance between light and dark, finding balance and. Leadership is very much about balance as well. Uh, a lot of things that we've talked about have been a little bit touchy for you, mm-hmm. know, love, trust, things mm-hmm. like that. But there are times when you have to lead and make these difficult decisions that are not pleasing, that are hard. You have to punish folks. Mm-hmm. You have to enact disciplinary measures. Mm-hmm. But you, and, and that's the balance that you, you, you have to have, is that when you are making, that's why I talk about when you're making decisions and they are altruistic, they're for the betterment of the organization, then that balance comes naturally. If you are where leaders go off the rails, where they go um, a little bit awry, it's when they start making decisions based on their needs mm-hmm. instead of the needs mm-hmm. of the organization. And that could be something as simple as a DUI, yeah. or uh, you do something that is ethically wrong. Yeah. You never do something ethically wrong because you're trying to do something with the organization. It's always because it's something for you. You're getting a benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. And you're not thinking about what, what will this do to the organization? How will it look? So that balance that you have in your approach to leadership, I think is very, that whole picture of who you are as, as a leader is, is so important. And leaders that fail, I think, don't have that balance. They're either one way or, mm-hmm. or the other. And sometimes, as you're saying this, I see it in a different way, but sometimes shifting out of that mindset when mm-hmm. you, and this is like metacognition, thinking about thinking, mm-hmm. is when you're able to do that, which goes back to, the confidence and confidence, when you're able to think about moving yourself from that personal level yeah. to the organization, yeah. that to me is a sign that you are a true leader, that you've gotten there as a person, mm-hmm. that gut and everything else comes in. Because what you're saying is you're aware that you're in this space and yeah. you need to shift it over. So it's good. But self-awareness yeah. is so important. Yes. It is so, so important. I would say it's also one of the most important traits for a leader, mm-hmm. self-awareness. Mm-hmm. We have bad leaders in the military, we call them screamers. 
mm. because they get in the crisis and they start screaming. Mm. You know, you, you, you'll hear excuses. Well, he's, he's really smart, but sometimes he just can't handle the stress. Well, mm. he, if he was smart, then he would be. <laughs> but that is a lack of self-awareness mm. because you, you are not, I once had a commanding officer, we were on the bridge of an aircraft carrier and he threw a walkie-talkie at the helms of the guy driving the ship because he kept on coughing. Oh. And, and everyone was like, what? You, know, you can't say anything, but everyone's like, what the heck just happened? <laughs> Whoa, don't piss off the skipper. <laughs> but that is an extreme lack of self-awareness yeah. because of what and the effect that your actions have on the people yeah, around you. Yeah, the ripple. Right? And that comes back to my time, I think, in hospitality, mm-hmm. is your actions the effect that they have on the people around you. Mm-hmm. This is so important. Mm-hmm. And you have to be deliberate. Now I say you have to be deliberate and this self-awareness and it sounds very contrived and whatnot, but then there's also, you've got to be authentic. Yeah. And you've got to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that trust. Yeah. If you sit on your high pedestal all the time and you're the one issuing down commands, if people don't feel like they can relate to you and they see authenticity coming from just emanating from you, mm-hmm. they're not going to trust you. Mm-hmm. They're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ali, I have to say something. He, he just said he, he didn't use the word communication, but when we first mm-hmm. began this yeah. series of leader to leader in the roundtable sessions, mm-hmm. one of the first things we talked about was communication, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with a crisis of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. How did you communicate? And he just expressed that communication is far more than sending out the verbal command or the written command. Yeah. And what he just described is you yeah. communicate that. So what a great lesson. Yeah. Uh, thanks for sharing that. That's, and that that's powerful. Threads through that threads. So there's a couple of things that bubble up in most of these conversations. Communication is number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, it's really about the people. Mm-hmm. And it is about understanding the people. It's not ever, it's not always easy. But again, if you look at it through the eyes of humanity, mm-hmm. that's important. And then the last thing, and we'll wrap it up with this last thing. What both of you have said in different ways is this, is it's about community. Mm-hmm. And Captain, when I heard you say that first you reached out to the community, that's what Rick has been doing, you know, when you were a chair, it is also what I've done, because mm-hmm. um, we have a great community here locally. But I would say that when we talk about local, that really can be applied globally, which is get involved in your local community, make a difference locally, because then that spreads out. And so what would you say as closing, leadership, local community, what does that bring into those roles mm-hmm. as far as I know that both of you as a dean and over the base it is like a campus. Right? It, it's similar. I know Rick and I were talking about yeah. that. It's like a little city. Yeah. And that's how President Saunders says that the campus is like a little city. I'm wondering if we could, because it's about giving back. We're really hip on giving back. And Rick is, he talked about authentically, he gives so much time, effort, everything else. And we're following that lead here in the College of Business. But I would like to wrap it up because I think it's important in these leadership positions for us to talk about giving back. And when I say giving back, it really is about community. Mm -hmm. So can you just, a couple of words Mm -hmm. on that, advice maybe to others? Can I ask you something specific? Uh, there was a little controversy about education, mm-hmm. and you spoke out. May I interject that? Please do. Because that, that was community, impacts your job, yep. 
the people that you hope will come here on assignment, it ripples throughout your job a lot, and that was part of community. And do you mind talking a little bit about what I said was, I was so proud, you assumed leadership. You tried to make an impact to improve our county school system. So that, would, to me, would be a great sure. sense of that community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when I first got to the base uh, as a leader, you want to know what, I'm, I'm there for three years. What can I help affect change? And what mm-hmm. battles can I pick sort of mm-hmm. to, to make the people's life better, make the organization better? How can I have the greatest impact? And very quickly, I realized that the struggles that the people on the base, there's what, 26,000 people on the base, 60,000 students a year come through there. Mm-hmm. And I realized very quickly the struggles that families with school-aged children were having there. They're living an hour away, hour and a half away, or sometimes they're leaving their family in Norfolk or San Diego, where it is, and they're just coming here by themselves, mm. energy grabbing bachelors. Very high instance of that. So I thought, you know, I think to me, this is one of the most important quality of life things that I can try and influence. So when I started on that road and it became a bit of a controversy and I had a civic leader here pull me aside one day after a meeting and, and he said, Tim, why, why are you doing this? You're bite, biting off more than you can chew. Mm-hmm. And I'm not used to being in the, in, in the paper. I'm just a naval officer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm used to flying my helicopter and doing my thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not used to being in the public eye. And it was a whole new experience for me for there to be negative things being said about you know, my point of view and being in the paper and being on the podcast and on the radio and all this. And I was asking myself, and I remember I was standing in the shower one day and I'm like, why am I doing this? This is causing so much angst and mm. this is bloody hard. Yeah. And I said, but I can't help it. Mm. Mm. I, can't, I can't help it. It's... Mm-hmm. It is something that is creating so much issue for the community and for my community, the military community. It's not just about the military, I saw it as a community writ large. And I said, if I have an inkling of influence, I would be negligent not to try and do it. Right. When you see something that you know that you can affect and you do nothing, that's mm-hmm. called negligence. Mm-hmm. But I felt it was, I don't know, it's just, it's like gut again. Mm-hmm. It's just, it sort of wells up inside you and you feel like I gotta do something, I gotta. And maybe it was more than I could chew, but if I can just take a little tiny bite out of it, and I can start the conversation again for the good of the entire community, then then, then so be it. Right. And I think, and thank you, because that is leadership. That is saying, that gnawing, because if we have you looking at that side of it, mm-hmm. you for helping with, well, he's over doing a lot of different things. Again, that is such a great thing. And do you say in leadership training, can we teach that feeling that mm-hmm. when you're standing there saying, I just have to do it for whatever reason, I don't yeah. think you can, that's the feeling. So I think so, it's good. So you, you asked me earlier on, how do you prepare for leadership crisis times and, and that? And something that we, we didn't talk about uh, that I just want to touch on very briefly. Sure. How important education and reading has been to my formulating my own opinions mm-hmm. and my own views. And that is reading as, as wide mm-hmm. a, a library as I can and getting as many experiences and talking to as many people and taking as many opinions and experiences in as you can to formulate your own informed opinion of your worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I'm, I, I love history. But I don't love history just because it's exciting to read or not. But I love reading about how other people went through crises and how mm-hmm. they handled them. Or you know, other crises where people failed. Why did they fail? Why did they fail doing those things? And I personally, when I go through crises or tough times, I take great comfort in crises that other leaders in history went through mm-hmm. and came out the other side. I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. They did it this way. I can take that. I, I look at Lincoln a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I look at what he went through for good or ill, whether you agree with him or not. 
but the immense stress and the immense challenges that he went through to get to the United States through to the other side. And I take a lot of sort of advice from the Lincoln in my head right. uh, about how to approach things. Yeah, and I think um, that's probably our quote, Lincoln in my head. I like that. With that, I think we're going to close. Rick, did you want to say anything to? Thank you for doing this, Allie, and yeah. Captain. Thanks for coming up. What a what a wonderful. I know. Time. It's probably the longest we've spent, and I, I would think we could go for another two or three hours and just talk with you. You. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you for your leadership. Yeah. Thank you for our military here and and our it's community. It is an absolute privilege to be able to be in this position to do that. I feel yeah. very blessed. Thank you. Very Thanks blessed. for your time.